Imagine a world where music legends never die, where the sounds of the 90s still echoes in our ears, and where the enigmatic figure of Kurt Cobain remains at the forefront of the rock and roll scene. What if I told you that the story we've been told, the official version of events surrounding his death, may not be the whole truth? Welcome to the Cobain Case Files, a deep dive into the life, the music, and the mysteries surrounding Kurt Cobain's tragic end. Join us on a journey where the lines between rock and roll and forensic science blur, where secrets lie buried deep in the grunge era, and where the truth might just be stranger than you think. Episode 1, Kurt's Life. Kurt was born on February 20th, 1967 in Aberdeen, Washington. He had a happy childhood until his parents divorced when he was nine. After that, he had a troublesome time which was characterized by emotional and social struggles. As a teen, he bounced between relatives' houses, having trouble finding purpose in life. Kurt was always musically inclined and had joined the local band The Melvins. He also had a homemade tape of original songs he had written, which soon caught the attention of bassist Chris Novoselic. In 1987, the two men would go on to form Nirvana. They recruited local drummers and went on small tours throughout the Northwest. Nirvana was picked up by a small independent record label called Sub Pop, who produced their first single, Love Buzz. They went on to produce a full album titled Bleach, which was released in 1989. Drummer Dave Grohl joined Nirvana in 1990, and they went on to release the album that changed their lives. It was called Nevermind. This album, with hit single Smells Like Teen Spirit, achieved widespread popularity and made Nirvana a worldwide name. Cobain would soon become overwhelmed with the scale of his popularity, as he never intended to be world famous. In 1992, Cobain married a woman named Courtney Love, and they had a daughter the same year. In 1993, Nirvana released its final studio album, In Utero. In the world of forensic science, the smallest detail can unlock the biggest mysteries. What if I told you that you could be a part of the investigation? Introducing the Forensic Kit, your all-in-one DIY forensic science kit. With Forensic Kit, you can become your very own investigator, right in the comfort of your own home. Dust for fingerprints, analyze mysterious substances, and crack codes like a true detective. It's like a CSI lab in a box. Get your Forensic Kit today and use code COBAIN for 20% off your purchase. Episode 2, Kurt's Death. Cobain had struggled with drugs for the larger portion of his life. He saw them as a treatment to his chronic depression. His problem lied with various amounts of painkillers as well as opioids such as heroin. In March of 1994, Cobain was hospitalized in Rome after overdosing and slipping into a coma, a failed suicide attempt. A month later, it is said that Kurt snuck out of a drug treatment center in the Los Angeles area and returned to his home in Seattle where he would shoot himself in the head with a shotgun. His body was found three days after he was shot in a greenhouse on his property. Episode three, the mystery of his death.
Cobain's death was ruled a suicide, but many believe that there is much more to the story. After Cobain left the LA area drug treatment center, his wife contacted private investigator Tom Grant and tasked him with finding her husband. Courtney specifically told Grant not to make any contact with him, but only to find him and figure out what was going on. Grant wasn't quick enough as an electrician working on the Cobain's Seattle home discovered the Nirvana frontman's lifeless body. The police told Grant that Cobain had died of a suicide, but the private investigator was convinced that the official cause of death was incorrect. For starters, Cobain's credit card appeared to have been used twice after he had died. The credit card was never found. The autopsy report showed that Kurt Cobain's blood contained 1.52 milligrams per liter of the tranquilizer diazepam and heroin. Medical experts claimed that these amounts were enough to kill a human three times over. Grant wondered how Cobain would have been able to pick up a shotgun and shoot himself with the amount of drugs that were in his system. There were also no legible fingerprints found on the shotgun, the shotgun shells, or the pen that was used to write the rock star's suicide note. The alleged suicide note was believed by Grant to be a retirement note to his fans, written by a burnout musician that wished for a simpler life. It is only the last four lines that indicate suicide, which read, Please keep going, Courtney, for Francis, for her life, will be so much happier without me. I love you. I love you. Handwriting experts discovered more than a dozen differences between the main body of the letter and the final four lines. Tom Grant, along with many others, are sure that there was another hand at play in the death of Cobain. Someone who wrote the alleged suicide note, injected large amounts of drugs into Cobain, shot him, wiped away the evidence, and also managed to grab his credit card on the way out. The case was never solved, and critical questions remain unanswered. It has since been closed by the Seattle Police Department. Cobain may be gone, but his music still remains in the hearts of millions around the world. Thank you for listening to the Cobain Case Files. All of the music used in this podcast is owned by Nirvana and its members. The information displayed in this podcast was retrieved from Britannica.com, Unsolved.com, and NewWorldEncyclopedia.com. I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>